Are you a counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply? Then you, lovely person, are in the right place because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi, this is the Grow Your Private Practice show episode two and it's really great to have you here. Now this week, we're going to be looking at how, when it comes to growing a private practice, you are a farmer and not a hunter. What does that mean? I'll tell you in a second, but first, a little story. I used to run a free Facebook group and it was brilliant, And but sometimes I'd have people coming in and they'd be really upset because they just didn't seem to be able to attract clients and would really be struggling. So somebody came in and said, I just can't get any clients. I just don't know if I'm cut out for this. And they were really questioning themselves. So, of course, I I felt a lot of sympathy. So I went in and started trying to help. And I said, okay, can you tell me what is it that you're currently doing? And they told me that they'd been on an online directory for three weeks. And that was all the marketing that they'd done. And it made me think, It made me think that sometimes people might have a slightly unrealistic view of what it takes to be in private practice. Because when you're in private practice, you're a farmer, not a hunter. And this is an old sales idea. And the the idea is that there are two different types of people. The first is a farmer. A farmer sows seeds ready to harvest in the future. A farmer is going to nurture and cultivate. And a farmer is in it for the long haul. But a hunter goes hunting for clients. It's quick gain. It's instantaneous. So they will go out and hunt for a client. But once that client has gone, then they have to go out and hunt for another. So as a counsellor, it really suits us to be a farmer, to be able to sow seeds ready to harvest in the future. And this is great for two reasons, because... Most counsellors come out in hives just at the thought of sales. The thought of selling themselves is something that just puts them in a tailspin. I've heard it so many times. I can't sell myself. I'm rubbish at selling myself. I don't want to have to sell myself. So look, let me put your mind at rest. You don't have to sell yourself. Okay, so just let that go. And the other thing is advertising. Like it used to be that people could put an advert out there to say, I'm a counsellor, come to me. But the problem with advertising in that respect is that you have to get in front of a person at exactly the moment that they realise that they either want or need counselling, which I think you'll agree is going to be very hard because people don't see an advert and think, oh, I fancy a bit of counselling. There tends to be a process involved before they go to therapy. It's not going to be a snap decision. And think about it. When you were looking for a counsellor, what did you do? Probably you had a look around you at people who were counsellors. Probably you checked out their website. Maybe you went onto a directory. Maybe you checked out their social media, read a few of their blogs. Rarely 
Are you going to just directly buy from someone because of an advert that you've seen, especially if that's going to be something that's relatively expensive as counselling is? You don't go to counselling on a whim. You're in this for the long game. So when it comes to marketing, it's about, oh, let's mix our metaphors. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You're going to be in this for a long time. So get used to doing your marketing regularly. So just to sort of demonstrate this point, let's have a little think about the client's journey into therapy. So let's talk about Jenny. So imagine Jenny. She might be in one of four different stages. Stage one is that she knows that something's wrong, but she isn't really sure what it is. So this could be, and we've all had clients like this, haven't we? They have a nice house, they have a job, their kids have left home, so they have a disposable income. They can go for holidays, they can have nice meals, a regular mani-pedi, but they feel really dissatisfied and they don't know why. So if she sees a post on social media and it's just advertising counselling, she'd dismiss it because she doesn't see herself as having a mental health issue, so wouldn't consider counselling. She'd just scroll past. And this is one of the problems that we sometimes have as counsellors, letting people know that it's not just about mental health issues. All sorts of people can come to counselling. But if she sees a post on social media that says something like, sometimes it can be noble to put other people's needs in front of your own, but without balance, it's easy to get burnt out. So here's a simple self-care tip that you can do in just five minutes. She might prick up her ears. That little seed has been sown and you're then going to be on her radar. Stage two would be when Jenny knows that she's feeling dissatisfied. She knows she doesn't prioritise herself, but she tells herself that this is her job and it's her fault and she should just keep quiet or there's going to be some sort of a confrontation and she's frightened of upsetting the apple cart. Now, if she sees an advert for counselling on social media, she wouldn't really consider counselling because she doesn't see herself as having a mental health issue. So she'd just scroll past. But if she sees a social media post saying, we all know it's good to talk to people about our worries and issues, but have you ever noticed that they tend to not listen? Sometimes they listen for a while and then they talk about themselves or that they've been through something similar. Or they offer unsolicited advice or plain tell you what to do. That's really unhelpful as it makes people less likely to open up, which can be why we bottle things up in the first place. Counsellors don't do that. We listen, and I mean really listen, in order to understand and help you work through some of your stuff. Have you ever been really listened to before? It's like being wrapped in a warm, comfy blanket. We are interested in your story. We are interested in you and helping you to feel better. So can you see if she sees a social media that says something like that? So what we're doing now is we're nurturing that seed that we planted. We're now letting her know that counselling isn't just about mental health issues. It's about other things as well. Then we've got stage three. So stage three is when Jenny knows what her issue is. So she knows what's happening, but she doesn't know what's going to be the right solution for her. So she knows that she's feeling unvalued. She knows that she feels alone and she's feeling lonely and she's feeling trapped. 
And she also suspects that she's probably not dealt with the death of her mother. But to feel better, she's not really sure what's the best thing to do. So she could say, try a holiday or a self-help book or a self-help course or hypnotism or meditation. Now, if she sees an advert for counselling, she might take a look. But because she thinks counselling is for people with mental health issues, she wouldn't want to waste your time because you've probably heard this before. People that come to you and sit in the counselling chair and they say, I feel really awful. I shouldn't be here. I know you see people with very serious issues and mine really isn't. And then they go on to talk to you about years of cruelty and loneliness. So, you know, that tends to be what happens a lot of the time, isn't it? So what you could do is you could produce blogs or social media posts that talk about things like, I'm not depressed, do I need counselling? And answers questions like, what can I hope to gain through counselling? Or gives some tips like 10 things to expect when you first go to counselling. So you've, you've planted that seed and you've nurtured it, you're tending it. And the final stage would be that Jenny knows that she wants to have therapy, but she doesn't know which counsellor is the right one for her. So she knows that she needs counselling, but she just doesn't know who to choose because if she looks on a directory, she might get confused and overwhelmed. And if she looks on websites, that might be a little bit better, but she really still doesn't know how to choose. But what she will do is she'll remember you as the person that's been interesting and helpful and she knows that you would understand her and she trusts you. So if she looks on a directory and sees your familiar face amongst that sea of others, you're going to stand out. Or if she lands on your website and it really speaks to her, you're going to stand out. Or maybe a friend has seen you and recommends you to her. Or maybe she's seen you on social media and thinks, right, that's the person that I want to speak to. This is the time when you harvest. This is when all, that, all of that work is worth it. Now, generally speaking, people don't access counselling via a random advert, as I've said. People might have done that 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, but now people are far more discerning. So if your social media is going to be full of just posts that say, if you want counselling, call me now, (laughs) then you might be disappointed. You might even say that social media doesn't work. But social media does work. But we have to be able to use social media to our advantage, to be planting those seeds, nurturing those seeds. So can you see how all of that planting and nurturing means that you're going to get to harvest later? So being a farmer, as I say, is great for counsellors because it helps us with education. So we can sort of educate people that counselling isn't just for mental health issues. It isn't just a last resort. It isn't something that proves that you've failed and if you that it's okay to access it that it's just really really good self-care now if you want some more information about this I talk about this in a webinar that I did that's available for free on my website which is janetravis.co.uk and this is the therapy rebrand webinar so go and check that out I think you'll find it really helpful because it talks about the things that are stopping people coming to counselling and how we can handle that in the marketing that we do. So marketing is a great way to 
educate around this. It's also great for connection. So the therapeutic relationship is the key really for all sorts of different modalities. So you can start that connection via your marketing. So use social media, blogs, etc. to share your ideas, to motivate, to inspire and to normalize some of the things that people are going through. And we can do this by sharing really relatable posts, by dropping the psychobabble and using really clear language and by getting really clear on who it is that you want to attract. By sharing relatable posts and becoming someone that people know, like and trust, this really gets the therapeutic relationship off to a good start. And also, this is great for networking. So networking is great for referrals. So it's not just potential clients that are going to see you. You're going to get seen by lots of people that might in turn refer clients to you. But not just that, you're going to get noticed by lots of other people and you might get invited to be a radio guest or be a guest speaker or collaborate on something. And that's when those little seeds that you plant start to grow into trees. So if you market like a farmer, you've trained hard to be a counsellor and hopefully you'll grow and maintain a successful practice for years to come. You're in for the long haul. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So be a farmer and not a hunter. And finally, did you know that if you write down a goal, you are 42% more likely to achieve it. 42%. That's, that's amazing. Dr. Gail Matthews, a professor of psychology at the Dominican University, discovered that people who write down their goals are 42% more likely to achieve them. And that is not to be sneezed at. But as a counsellor, It's worth remembering that we can't control the number of clients that pick up the phone. However, what we can control is the amount of work that we do. So to have a goal of, I'll get five new clients this month, is probably not the best sort of goal because you're not fully in control of that. So if you don't get five new clients, that might not be because of something you've either done or not done. But if your goals are things like, I'll write a blog post every month or I'll post five times a week on social media or I'll learn how to make use of hashtags or I'll connect with 10 new people on social media a week. You can control these things and all of these are going to move the needle on your practice. So when you're farming, you don't get the instant gratification of the hunter. So the trick is to set goals around the work that you do and the things that you can control because then you're going to see the progress that you're making and that is going to feel really good. Okay, so that's it for this week. So remember, you are a farmer, not a hunter. So go sow some seeds and harvest them later. Thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed this then please subscribe to the show and while you're there i'd love it if you could leave me a big shiny five-star review bye